0: What's up, everyone? It's me, your boy, Ryan Flowers, aka Clutch Sports Talk in the house. Happy Wednesday to you guys. Happy Cinco de Mayo to you guys, man. Hope you guys are chilling out, relaxing, drinking some tequila, eating some tacos. Tequila. Tequila, excuse me, eating some tacos. But hey, man, I got another show in store for you guys today. I'm streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram for all my followers, man. Make sure you guys lock in tonight, man. Hey, I got a great show, um, list of topics, and I'm going to be talking about Allen Iverson and Russell Brestbuck, which one are you taking? Uh, A a debate was sparked Monday uh, in regards to the two. Which player would you take? I want to talk about that. The Ball brothers, they balled out last night, both of them having really solid wins for their teams, but making some milestones in their career. But which Ball brother will have more success in their career? I'll talk about that. Zach Wilson, the recently uh, quarterback, drafted out of BYU to the New York Jets. Will he fare well in his first season as a New York Jet? Will the lights be too bright for him? I'll give you my thoughts on that as well. And wrapping up tonight, is Ezekiel Elliott still a top tier back in the National Football League? Some people believe so. I'm still on the fence on that. So anyway, but sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is Clutch Sports Talk Live with me, Ryan Flowers. Let's go. Welcome in, everyone. What's up? How you guys doing? Happy single de Mayo, man. May 5th, 2021, man. You know what that means. You're going to be drinking on some margaritas, some tequila, eating tacos, whatever it is, man. It's all good. But hey, but before you get into all that, make sure you guys tap in with me tonight. Clutch Sports Talk Live with me, Ryan Flowers. Like I said at the top of the show, I got a great show in store for you guys today. This is going to be some of the best 25, 30 minutes you're going to get out of me. So hey, just hey, buckle up, it's going to be a great ride. So tonight, um, but before I get into the show, I just want to you know, do some clerical stuff like I always do. If you're watching me on YouTube right now, take the time right now and subscribe to my channel immediately. I'm at 94 subscribers. I'm trying to get to 100, man, but I need your guys' help. Also, hit me up on Facebook. You see all that information scrolling below here in the green. Also, hit me up on Instagram at clutch.sports.talk, at Twitter at clutch underscore talk, and again, YouTube at Clutch Sports Talk Podcast, man. Hey, it's real simple. I put it all in there for you guys, so they make it real easy. All you got to do is click. That's it, man. That's all you got to do. So, um, but without further ado, man, let's just get straight into the show. So, um, this topic came about because Kendrick Perkins, an analyst on ESPN, he does, I believe the jump. He was asked what player he would take between Allen Iverson and Russell Westbrook. Now, before I tell you what he chose, I also heard this on another podcast that I listened to Bryson Carver with the, uh, Carving it up podcast, he, you know, he brought this topic up for debate as well. So I said, you know what, let me talk about it as well because it it actually it is relevant, I would say, because Russell Wilson, excuse me, Russell Westbrook is playing his behind off right now. Um, he's giving it all he's got for his team. And I believe that he's got the Washington Wizards kind of like in that play-in game, if you know, if the playoffs started today. And of course, you got to talk about the late, not the late, but the great Allen Iverson. So Kendrick Perkins on Monday, I believe, or over the weekend, I forgot what day it was. He said that he would go with Russell Westbrook. Now, he's played with Russell Westbrook when he was a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, some time back. So there he is. So of course he's going to probably pick his former teammate. And, you know, to some people it was crazy, but for a lot of people it wasn't because we live in a world of today. And what I mean by that is that when you see Russell Westbrook's stat line, you're like, "Dude, like how could you not go for the guy?" I mean, he's literally just killing the game. Look, his stats this year so far, uh, in 58 games played, he's averaging 21 points. Um, 11 assists, he's shooting 44% from the field, uh, from the field. Um, you know, he, he's doing it. He's doing it. I mean, you, you, you can't deny that on a team that's not that great. Um, so of course, you know, when I say he's the MVP, no, not this year, but of course he was, he was the former MVP, not that long ago. And then you look at Allen Iverson, you know, you look at his whole career overall. Um, he played over 914 games or close to 119, the close to nine hundred and fourteen games, he averaged twenty six points, six point two assists. He shot forty two and a half percent from the field, um, and so you know, of course, the, the 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 stats do not go in favor. I would say to Allen Iverson. Okay, um, but before I make my choice, and you probably a lot of you are probably going to be, you probably know what I'm thinking anyway, just because, right? So. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Russell Westbrook. He is one of the the last remaining of the old guard of type of players in which I was. And what I mean by the old guard is the guys that are like, you know what? When we're on the court, dude, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to kill you. I just want to destroy you. He's not into being he's not into pleasantries, he's not trying to be friendly. He's not going around trying to team up with everyone to try to win a ring or switching from this team to another team to this team and then back to this other team. He's not about that life. Okay. Um, and considering, you know, when he was drafted by OKC, he wasn't even the best player on that team when they, you know, when they had the little run with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant at the time, a young Oklahoma City Thunder team. Now he's bounced around the last couple of years. You know, he he he's he thugged it out in Oklahoma after you know Katie left and he kind of carried that franchise. And then you know what he said, I can't do it anymore. He goes to Houston, plays with James Harden, didn't work out. Now he's over then and then uh And then now here he is now in Washington, you know, he's paired with Bradley bill. He's still giving it all he's got. So I'll give him his props for that. He is a, he's a, he's a hall of famer. Don't get me wrong. Um, then now you look at Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson never played with anybody, uh, in comparison that Russell Westbrook has played with. I, I can't even tell you the best player Allen Iverson played with in his career. Like he carried those 76ers teams back in the day. I mean, just, that year they made the finals and they lost to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Who, who Who's on that team? Dikembe Matumbo, your next best player? I mean, really, Aaron McKee? I mean, I mean, who's this guy playing with? And the fact that, you know, Allen Iverson, dude, like he is a scorer, a legit scorer. Not to say that Russell Westbrook isn't a scorer, but I will say if I had to pick between the two, I got to go to Allen Iverson just because I felt like he just, he had to do a lot more with little. Now, Russell Westbrook has been paired with several elite players and scores since he's been in the league. Like I said, when he was drafted, you know, he signed, you know, he's with James Harden, a young James Harden, Kevin Durant. I give him that. Serge Ibaka, talented players, goes to Houston, you know, plays with James Harden. Now he's in Washington. You know, I can't think of anybody that Allen Iverson played with in his prime um, because, you know, he bounced around a lot too. You know, he was he's with Philly. Uh, then he went to he was the Denver Nuggets for a little bit um Detroit uh who else I don't think the Grizzlies I mean, so he bounced around a lot but just if you just look at their careers alone I mean he's an 11 time all-star four time scoring champ three time steals champ which people don't remember that I mean he you know he I wouldn't say he's a lockdown defender but he did force a lot of turnovers he's a seven time all NBA player he's the 1996 97 rookie of the year he's the MVP twice okay uh, all-star all-star MVP he won the league MVP once um, and he was rookie of the year as well um so all rookie 96 97 and then you know, you know you know not to you know not to take anything from Russell Westbrook nine time all-star scoring champ twice two time all-star champ uh assist champ excuse me nine time all NBA 2008 all 2008 2009 all uh NBA rookie two time all-star MVP and 2016 2017 um NBA all-star excuse me MVP so their their careers kind of mirror similarly so excuse, similarly, similarly but I don't know, man, it, and I know a lot of this young generation never had the opportunity to actually see Allen Iverson play in his prime. Now, I'm of that age where I got to see the dude play when he was in uh, college in Georgetown, and one of my most memorable games um, of him was when he paired or he competed against uh, Ray Allen, who was at the University of UConn. It was the big, I don't know if it was a Big East championship game or was it Big East semifinal game, and I remember staying up and watching that game. That was a battle, uh, you know, given his size and his stature, Allen Iverson can get any, any, any points on anywhere on the court when he wanted to. Um, so I, I have to, I have to tip my hat to, to Allen Iverson all day. And my boy, Barry Grant, he says, give me Allen Iverson. Yeah. It's not saying that Russell Westbrook isn't that great, but I, I get what Kendrick Perkins was doing. That's his homie. He didn't play with Allen Iverson. Okay. And he, he, why would he pick against his former teammate? So. I won't, I won't shame him too much just because that's his homie. They play with each other, but let's be real. Um, like Barry says, he was barely six feet, and he scored against Giants. If AI was 6'4", he'd probably be the greatest of all time. You know, I'm not going to dispute that. I, I actually probably I agree with you on that one, Barry, because he was barely, like, he, he might have been six foot with shoes on, okay? With shoes on. I mean, uh, they got him listed here online. Yeah, they got him right at six, six foot. Who knows, man? But Allen Iverson was one of the greatest scorers I had ever seen, and I get it. Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple double, and you know, and that's great, and that's great and all, you know. But not to say that Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson won a lot. He won. He, he, Westbrook to me doesn't have in a signature moment. Yes, he gets triple doubles, but to me, that's just like, what has he done? What is his What is his postseason career like? It's pretty non-existent. Okay. So, you know, because he has these great regular seasons, he goes into the postseason. he's burnt out by then, you know? And like I said, he's had help. Allen Iverson has not had help on any of his teams, man. Like those teams that I listed, I mean, he was to Philly from 97 to 2010, uh, or excuse me, 98 to 2000, broke up with them. Then, you know, came back. I mean, he was on these random teams. It was crazy, man. So I got to take AI all day, any day. And not to mention, he had one of the coldest shoes when they first came out when I wore Reeboks, which is a long ass time ago. I don't wear Reeboks anymore. So sorry, sorry, uh, Reebok. Just don't wear you like that no more. But when I did wear, when I did wear the two Reebok shoes I ever wore, really, and I'm just gonna keep it real before I move on. The the questions, the answers, and then I also wore uh, Sean Kemp's The Rain Man, the ones and the twos. Those are the only Reebok shoes that I can ever probably remember. I might have had some Eminem Smith shoes a long time ago, but that's dating myself. So, hey, it is what it is. But uh, let's see. One more comment before we move on. Um, William Flowers showed up. What's up, man? William Flowers, a.k.a. the dad in the house. He says, AI elevated the game and changed the culture in the NBA. Absolutely. And, and that's funny you mentioned the culture because when you say culture, style. Now, <laughs> Russell Woodruff style is very unique to say, and I'm being nice. <laughs> These guys, Allen Iverson, I mean... The I, I would say the whole dress code thing I think was was garnered because of Allen Iverson. The NBA was not too fond of the cornrow look, the baggy jeans, the jean jacket, the big chain medallions. So they they definitely had to do something with that. And I think he was part of that whole process with David Stern with the NBA kind of doing their own makeover. Because let's just be real, guys weren't dressing like that during the Jordan era. Okay, they come in suits, they look nice, but AI, not to say that that was bad but I guess they wanted to take that element out of the NBA. So for whatever it was worth, I think AI had a lot more memorable moments and he changed the game. He changed the league. I don't think Russell Roosbrook is really changing the game like that. So I got to go with my boy AI. So, and, and, I'll, and I'll just leave it at that. So, all right, moving on. So for those of you who don't know, Lamelo and Lonzo Ball are two brothers. Lonzo was drafted a few years ago by the Lakers then traded to uh, New Orleans Pelicans his younger brother, the youngest brother out of the ball brothers, because there's three of them. LaMelo ball was drafted, I believe fifth overall, fifth or sixth overall by the Charlotte Hornets. And they're in the league together. Now last night, they both had signature wins um, and career highs and some scoring stats there. So LaMelo just balled out. I mean, literally Lamelo's stat line was 31 minutes. He played 23 points, which I believe was a career high, if I'm not mistaken, seven rebounds, six assists. So you're looking at like, well, okay, how was that a factor? Well, he's missed over a month with a fractured wrist. And that's literally one of his, uh, that's like what his uh, third third game back from fracturing your wrist and the dude is balling out like that. And then Lonzo, Lonzo went off the other night. I mean, he scored 33 points against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he was seven for 13 from the three-point line. But the 33 points for me is what's more significant because here's the thing. I've been very, very hard on Lonzo Ball. Now it looks like he's kind of coming into his own a little bit. I think he's starting to finally find his his place and his space in the NBA just in 52 games this year uh, Lonzo is averaging 14 and points um 5 5.8 uh, rebounds shooting 41% from the from the I'm not from the line from the floor so not bad um his field goal percentage 38 37.8 you know pretty good pretty good stuff um but the reason why I have been so so uh what do you say uh tough on Lonzo's is because I don't know. Maybe it's just his, his behavior. He seems so nonchalant. But last night, him and Draymond Green started chatting. I don't know. You know, he, it got heated. And I think that was the first time I ever seen Lonzo Ball actually get hyped up or said anything, because typically he's not that dude. He's not that guy doing that. So <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, OK, OK, maybe he, he, he's going a pair maybe now he's feeling it. He's feeling himself now. He's been in the league at least three years now. Um, he, not a lot of expectations, in new Orleans. Now he's talked about to be on the trade blog, you know, every now and then here. So, and that's what, that, what might be his career path. He might be a journeyman, but I, I will say I was, I was happy for him last night for him to drop 33 points, because honestly, when he first came into the league, I really thought he was super, super reluctant to want to score. I think everyone, you know, from all the news accounts and his dad, oh, he's such a pure passer. He's just, he's a traditional point guard. And that's great. But here's the thing that does not work in this NBA. I mean, yes, it does for some guys like Chris Paul, but don't get, don't be mistaken. Chris Paul can go and get buckets when he needs to. And I felt that Lonzo early in his career, he was just too passive. He was looking to get everyone else going instead of getting himself going. Now you look at his brother on the flip side. Lamelo's all about, he can do both. He's hyper aggressive. He will pull up from anyone on the floor. He'll make a move. He'll cut to the basket. And he has still great court vision. So he is what I thought Lonzo was supposed to be, but now we're getting it now. So as I segue into that, I think, honestly, I think Lamelo's still going to have the better career overall. That's just my thought on that. Um, Barry, again, he said, I don't like Lonzo's Assist numbers, he's supposed to be a transcendent passer. Melo's the better player all around. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think we are getting, LaMelo is what Lonzo should have been when the Lakers drafted him. Now, LaMelo, to his credit, he got to play a little bit more professional games versus Lonzo didn't. I mean, Lonzo went from Chino Hills to uh, UCLA one year, didn't uh, didn't really finish his career there that well. Um, You know, so then he goes from UCLA to the Lakers. And then LeBron comes in, and we're getting questions from Instagram. Uh, Will Lonzo still be in the league in five years? Game point underscore live ass. Yeah, he'll be in the league. He won't be in the Pelicans. He'll be a guy because he does have a skill set. Is he the passer that we thought he was supposed to be, a transcendent passer? No, but he's still a good point guard. He can still shoot pretty much effectively. I do see him in the league in the next five years. But I see his brother elevating um, to almost a star level just because I just like his energy. I like the way he feels. He doesn't feel tight. When I used to watch Lonzo Ball, and even till today, when I watch him play, he he doesn't look like he wants the ball. It's like it's like the ball is a, a ticking time clock, and he just wants it out of his hands. So he just doesn't feel comfortable with with the ball, and I don't think he's a willing scorer. Where I feel like Lamelo is willing to put the ball in the deck, put his head down and drive, or make a move, or even pull up. Lonzo, to me, like I said, I think he's still a little timid. But you know, props to him. I said you know he. He dropped 33 last night. He dropped 33 last night, which is a career high for him. So I'm not going to knock him for that. Now, I mean, he's done that. He's done that already before this season, not that long ago. So, he's. I mean, he just dropped 33 on May 1st. So he's still having career. He's still getting better, I would say. But like my boy Barry Grant says, you know what? We were told he was a trans a trans, transcendent passer. Haven't really seen it yet. We got to get those assists up because you look at guys like Chris Paul, he can score and still get the assist of the game. I don't know if the game has really come to him yet. Maybe his dad overhyped him, but I just like LaMelo Ball overall to be a better player. And I think they're just two different players at the end of the day. I mean, let's just be realistic. I think they're just two different players. I mean, Lonzo is supposed to be the pure point guard. LaMelo is just a straight score. Still has great vision, but give me LaMelo. He's one of the most exciting players I love watch. I love watching that Hornets team. I mean, with the guys that they got on their team, with Bridges, Washington, uh, even every now and then Terry Rogier, uh, and then you got Lamelo Ball. Like, that's a young, exciting team. I do not mind watching, pulling up with some food and getting me a beer or something like that, and watching them. So, but like I said, I like Lamelo over Alonzo uh, just because I like the feel for him. I like his energy that he brings, and so I'm gonna pick um, Lamelo Ball. Let me know what you guys think, man. A- a- am I crazy? Am I am I am I off base for that? But I don't think so. But you guys keep me in check. Let me know what's going on. All right, switching over to the NFL. So Zach Wilson was taken number two overall by the New York Football Jets. He is probably more than likely going to be the starter. Now uh, I know the Jets. I don't know who's the backup now there in, in New York. Now that Joe Flacco's gone, he's the backup or competing for a spot in Philadelphia. So it leads me to believe that Zach Wilson is probably going to be the guy. They don't go. They don't pick him number two for him to sit on the bench, especially when they don't have a guy in place right now. So. Zach Wilson is going from Provo, Utah. For those of you who don't know where Provo, Utah, it's super, super rural, okay? Um, it's not New York City, I'll tell you that. So uh, he's going from that environment to, to New York, and not only to that environment, that media, that New York media is as vicious as they come. They will eat him alive if he does not perform. It's not an easy place to play. Even for the Jets, as lowly as they have been, it's not an easy place to play. Why? Because the media is so hell-bent on just coming at you. Do, will the bright lights affect him? Yes. I don't know if he's ready for it, man. I really don't know if he's ready to take on this ability. Now, some people might argue, well, they did do a good job in the draft. You know, They drafted uh, an offensive guard. They got the tackle, Beckton, last year in the draft. They drafted Elijah Moore, you know, yada yada yada. But you know what? I, I don't know if, the, if if Elijah Moore and those other guys are that elite, groundbreaking. You know, I I still believe that the Jets should have just kept sand Darnold and maybe go out and get Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase and see what happens there. But they decided to go with a young, unproven rookie quarterback, a guy that really didn't have all that much success in college, I would say, and he struggled really against better talent when he played Coastal Carolina and San Diego State, and believe me, Coastal Carolina and San Diego State are not competing for a national championship no time soon. And if he couldn't compete against those guys, what leads me to believe that he is going to take the next step? And he can prove us all wrong. Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) right. And my boy Barry again, he's stepping up in the comment section. He said, you saw how he looked next to the other draftees, like the deer in the headlights. Yeah. He's that guy like, oh yeah, like, hey, hey Ma, like we're here, like this is cool, right? I don't know, man. I don't know if that's going to get it done. I don't think he's going to be poised. I I don't think he, I I, I question his maturity, not in a, in a negative sense, like, like Baker Mayfield is immature, right? Because of the decisions that he's made now, from all accounts, I don't know how he is, but I just don't see, I don't see a a born leader. I don't see that guy that can look and get in that huddle and command and command other, the other 10 men in the huddle, like, Hey man, we about to go get these points. So, you know, uh, we got a comment from the Swaz Instagram. Hey, happy birthday to the Swaz! That's my cousin. Um, He's a Jets fan. Unfortunately, he says Sam Darnold was mentally done in New York. He needed a fresh start somewhere else. I get it, man. But I think I think if they could have been like, look, all right, Sam, I know you were done here. Adam Gates kind of just screwed you over. But we'll go get you a Kyle Pitts, man. We'll go get you a Jamar Chase. We'll give you we'll give you some help. Maybe, maybe that might you know give him a a, a, change his mind a little bit, you know, before just trading him because we know Sam Darnold really hasn't gotten a fair shake. We don't know if he can really play in this league yet. We're gonna find out here soon. Maybe I guess I mean because honestly, the team he went to, I'm not really that excited about either. They have more talent than the Jets, of course, but it's not like. But we'll have to wait and see. But I I don't know, man. I I I probably would have either traded the pick, get as many picks as you can. Or just kept standing on and take Kyle Pitts and just call it a day. That's it. But I I don't know if Zach Wilson is going to be the guy, man. I I really don't. I don't see. I don't see that number one quarterback or that top guy. And we all know in in, in football, quarterback is the is the premier position. And that's by de facto default. He's the leader of that team. And I just don't see that. I I, I want. I would love to be in that huddle. In OTAs when they come, and I want to hear this guy call out the play. And I know he's a rookie. He's gonna to have to learn the game, and we all gotta start from somewhere. But I, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it, man. And the, I feel like the Jets—they got some good players in the draft, and, and maybe it, all, it might all work out. But right now, you're in, a, you're in a league right now where your quarterback will make or break you, and it dictates a lot in what you do and how successful you're going to be. And maybe they felt like, hell, okay. You, you had the number two spot. Why not take Trey Lance or Justin Fields? Like for some reason, they love Zach Wilson. I don't know what it was they saw, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, speaking of waiting and seeing, I've been wanting to get to this topic um, because I, as a Cowboys fan, I think it's important. Now, I was on a live uh, this past Sunday night with my boy, um, two boys, uh, realist cowboy, Charles, uh, Charles, Charles Jackson, and complicated, complicated productions. And we were talking about the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott. Now, Charles, the realest cowboy, believes that Zeke Elliott could still rush for 1,500 yards, and he's still a top-tier back. Uh, I am not one of those guys. It's not that I do not like Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's still a talent. I think he can still play in this game. I question sometimes his motivation, and what I mean by that is that if the offense is not going to run through him, the way it kind of was in his you know, first couple of years or so, will he be motivated? Will he want to be now? From all accounts, I've seen him training hard on social media, but the, what does that mean? Anybody can look good in camera. Like to me, I want to know what you're doing off camera and I'll find that out when the season starts. So don't tell me what you're doing. Show me what you're doing. I mean, just looking at, you know, he was drafted in 2016. His first year, he rushed for over, uh, over 1,600 yards, uh, 15 touchdowns. 322 attempts. It's a lot of attempts in your rookie year. Now, the second year, uh he fell below 1000, but I believe that was the um the suspension year. I Believe where they were uh in flight. He would miss a uh, he was supposed to miss a game. I think he ended up yeah, or, yeah he only played 10 games that year. Okay. Uh, then 2018, volume went up again, 304 carries, 1400 yards, 2019, 301 carries, 1300 yards. And last year, uh, you know, 244 carries, 997 yards, and he um, he played 15 games. So is he a top-tier back? I mean, let's look at one of the top guys right now, Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry is the flip side. He actually kind of – he's starting to grow into his own. His first year, Derrick Henry only touched the ball 110 times. He only had 490 yards, five touchdowns. Second year, 176 carries. Seven hundred forty-four yards. It was. It wasn't until his third season where he started carrying the ball a lot more. Two hundred and fifteen yards. He broke over a thousand. Twelve touchdowns. And then now you can see now into year four, two thousand nineteen. Three hundred three carries. Fifteen hundred yards. Sixteen touchdowns. And then next last year, three hundred and seventy-eight carries. Over two thousand yards. Seventeen touchdowns. Now. As far as skill set is concerned, Ezekiel Elliott has the skill set like barred none by anyone else in the National Football League at that position. Derrick Henry is built differently. But the difference is, and like I told the realist cowboys, that the Titans need Derrick Henry to do what he's doing now. Their recent success is built off of what he's doing. The Cowboys necessarily I don't think they're trying to run the football the way they once were. Now, they want to run the football in a casual way like most other teams in the National Football League, but I think the days of Ezekiel Elliott getting over 300 carries is not going to be there anymore. And therefore, I don't think he can, he can crack 1,500 yards because he's going to have to split the backfield with Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard is not a slouch himself. I mean, I'm going to pull up his stats here uh, just to kind of you know give you a comparison as what Tony Pollard is doing going now into his third season. Um, what he's doing. So it's not, it's not a lot. I mean, his rookie year, he only touched the ball uh 86 times and still rushed for 455 yards. Last year, 101 touches, 101 touches. Went from 86 to 101. I mean, just his rookie year alone, just rushing. He got the ball 86 times. So I don't think is he a top-tier back in the sense of, well, if you're just looking at the skill set, yeah, he's a top-tier back. Of course. He can run. He's physical when he wants to. He can catch. He does have some wiggle ability. He's got pretty good speed. But as far as being the bell cow of the, the Dallas Cowboys offense, no. He won't be that anymore. Now, I get it. The Dallas Cowboys line has not been the greatest the last couple of years. It's been injured. But if they if they become healthy again, they'll run the ball effectively. But he won't be that guy. I, I don't see him getting fifteen hundred yards. I, I just don't see it. I mean, it, he he only did it one time. He only got over fifteen hundred yards once, and that was his rookie year, and that was on three hundred and twenty-two attempts. And since then, he's not getting those touches. And if Tony Pollard continues to to improve, guess what? Tony Pollard's caseload or rush load will increase, probably close to one hundred and fifty touches. So guess what? That's taking more carries away from Ezekiel Elliott. So therefore, he cannot. Rush for fifteen hundred yards. He just can't. I don't. I don't see it. I just don't see it happening. So, I like. I like. I like Ezekiel. But if it doesn't work out for him this season, I think the Cowboys have to move off from him because you're paying him a lot of money uh, to to do basically something that Tony Pollard can probably do, which is effectively run the football. They don't need to be, you know, a, like all time great. Because if you look at the teams that just were in the Super Bowl. Neither of those teams really ran the football effectively up until late in the season with Tampa Bay and Leonard Fournette. But the Kansas City Chiefs don't run the ball that great, okay? Um, <laughs> who else is a team that comes to mind that runs the football? Uh, I mean, Tennessee Titans, yeah, they they run the football. But look, they need you, you need to throw at the end of the day, you know? The, the Chiefs, again, like I said, they don't need to run the ball. They just need to run the ball in spurts. And I think that's where the Cowboys need to go to because they need to put the ball in Dak Prescott's hands because they're paying him a lot, a lot, a lot, and tons of money. So that's where I feel where they need to go with him um, with the offense because you can keep Ezekiel Elliott because he's a good he's a good uh, decoy. Because when Dak was really good his rookie year, a lot of play action, a lot of movement of the pocket, and you still need a back like Ezekiel Elliott to kind of keep defense on your toes. But if if Tony Pollard can kind of do somewhat similar to what Ezekiel Elliott is as a player can do you might as well just get move on from Zeke Elliott and keep Tony Pollard. But, you know, I I hope he can rush for 1,500 1500 yards and we win a lot of football games. But if not, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what, he's he's one of the best backs in the league. I mean, from a skill standpoint, yeah, he's up there. He can definitely run the ball, but I just don't think this is not your your mom and dad's football league anymore. The days of ground and pounding, you don't need to do that. You don't have to do that. You just got to be decent. You got to be effective when you run, and you got to convert third down conversions. And that's it. That's pretty much... And you have to have, you know, good success of plays of 20 yards or more, and that's, that's your recipe on offense. So, chunk plays, good third down conversion, and can run the ball effectively. You do that, you do three of those things, Two at least two out of those three things, well, you're going to be one of the top offenses. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll have to wait and see on Zeke Elliott, man. I, I just don't see how it's going to work out for him. Um, this is a big year for him. I mean, he's going into what his what fifth year in the, in the league. He has a lot to prove. He was, you know, he came in heavy last year. Um, you know, some, some training issues. So we're going to have to wait and see, but I, I, I hope for my sake, for my Cowboys sake, man, he, he comes up big uh, because we need him. We definitely need him. So that's all I got, man. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, man. Uh, so that's my show. Make sure you guys catch me on my next live show next week, Monday, which airs at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch me on the same platforms on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you guys know what it is. Also, be on the lookout for some new uh, sports clutch clips, which is available now. I got some short videos available right now in my YouTube channel, so make sure you head over there right now and subscribe to the channel and get caught up, man, and hit that notification link and get caught up on everything clutch sports talk related. So as usual, man, it's always a pleasure. Always glad to be here for you guys. So, yay. Yeah, again, be safe tonight if you're out drinking. Happy Cinco de Mayo. And until next week, guys, this is Clutch Sports Talk Live with me, Ryan Flowers. Never settle till the work is done. Man, let's go.